If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, everybody. This is Isaac from the Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture podcast. You are listening to the free edition. If you want the bonus content, of course, patreon.com backslash Illuminati Watcher gets you there. On today's topics, we'll be covering the alien invasion of pop culture. Aliens, you think you know them, you think you love them. But boy, is there more to the truth than you know. Today we'll get into a variety of other topics as well. Janelle Monet, Saturday Night Live's predictive programming, a little Harry Potter action, Rosemary's Baby, James Cameron, Ancient Aliens, and so on. Now the free version, you'll get most of that content. However, if you support me on Patreon, you can get extra bonus content. Talk a little bit more about Tom DeLonge. And this, uh, you know, alien disclosure agenda he's got. We go into Bigelow. I do a fantastic David Childress impression. Talk about Harry Reid a little bit. Project Sign. Close Encounters. Devil's Tower. J. Allen Hynek. Hillary Clinton. And the Rockefeller Initiative to push UFO disclosure. I want to thank you for listening. Here's the show. Hi everybody, this is Isaac. You're listening to the Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture podcast. Now look, I've got a confession I have to make to you. And, uh, you know, I'm not proud of it. I actually didn't think I would be doing this in such a public manner. <clears throat> but I've, I've, I've crossed a bridge in my life. And I think that... I shouldn't really kind of keep this secret in anymore. I love Jersey Shore. Yes, that's right. Maybe one of the dumbest shows ever to hit television. But it's my favorite. It stole my heart again. I didn't think they could do it. They uh, re re uh, instituted their show. And the first episode I recorded thinking... There's no way this is going to live up to the original Emmy Award winning seasons of Jersey Shore on MTV. But I'll be damned if they didn't. I'll be damned if they didn't knock it out of the park again. Yesterday was Jersey Thursday. <laughs> Jersey Thursday. And uh, man, that show's good. I don't know if, you, if you're if you a fan of Jersey Shore, but I'm a big fan. And I I relate because I grew up back there, so like... I know what that <laughs> environment and uh, sort of sort of what the people are like sometimes. And I don't know, man. They're funny. They made me laugh. I like those guys. I actually went to the Jersey Shore house. They were between seasons once, and I was up at uh, Asbury Park. And uh, you can walk right up to the house. You can walk up the stairs. Anyways, you're not here to listen to Jersey Shore comments. I just wanted to break the ice on that. In case you were wondering where I stood on Jersey and Jersey Shore. Uh, okay, so I'm actually recording this on May 4th. I'm not going to say May the 4th be with you. If you're on my Twitter feed, you saw my disdain for that that comment, that hashtag, whatever we want to call this stuff now. I wish they would just drop it. It's not funny anymore. Of course, it could be just because I dislike the Star Wars franchise because I wrote that book about it. And watched every film. And I decided that I didn't like 
the culture that Star Wars created. No offense to my Star Wars stands out there. I don't want a particular probably listening right now. They're probably getting real upset. But uh, you know, I don't know, man. I don't. I feel like the Star Wars series has an agenda, and you know, how long before May the Fourth is a holiday, right? Or worship of sci-fi. But I'm going to get into that uh, whole idea of science fiction later in the show. I've got a lot on here. Lots of controversy in my recent dislike for A Quiet Place. Hey, I just didn't think it was that good. I thought it was overhyped. They sold it as a horror movie, but it was not. It was more of a sci-fi quasi-love story. I'd be willing to try it again, though. I'd be willing to try it again with open eyes, new eyes. Uh, I just, the first go through, I was like, this is trash. This is not what I was sold. In fact, my idea of the worst date on the planet would be going to uh, In N Out Burgers for food, then a quiet place, and then having to go to a country bar and be the designated driver. That's my hell. That's what I would have to uh, relive over and over. The uh, first ring of hell there. Why Guy 3 left a great review on iTunes for the show. Calls me a rare gem with a sexy voice. Well, okay. All right. You know, I'd like to be more of a narcissist, so of course I will read those comments and compliments. Thank you. Seriously, though, thank you. I do appreciate the the uh, good review on there. Much appreciated. No, I previously talked about cutting down my intros and my sort of housekeeping section, but I don't know. Fuck it. I like this. I like this part. This is the part where you and I can connect on a personal level, and if you don't like it, you can skip forward a little bit, right? I do have a lot to talk about today, though. I've got a lot going on here, and you'll, you'll probably notice I just released... An episode with the true freethinker Ken Ami, which is a great show, actually. I, I do want you to listen to that one too, because we go into more of an overall sort of uh, breadth argument of everything going on in the world and why it's happening. But you'll notice the frequency of shows I put out a month kind of varies. I shoot for three, every once in a grand while, I only hit two, and then Oftentimes I'll hit four, and it's because I don't I don't do this and approach this as a job necessarily. I have a day job that I go to, which I'm sure you've heard me talk about in the past. Uh, and lately, it's been in particular, it's been grinding me down to a stump. But hey, you know what? They keep the lights on in the house. They keep the electricity flowing. But I also started that Patreon page, as you're aware of, patreon.com backslash Illuminati Watcher, which many of you have signed up for, and I appreciate that more than I could even tell you, because that's what's that's what's given me hope that I can keep this Illuminati Watcher research project going, uh, because, you know, the day job is necessary to pay the bills, because YouTube won't. I, I've talked about that on a recent episode, and then also, I, I know I talked about my actual monthly income, and I... But I posted the screenshot of that just to prove what I was saying on my Twitter feed. So if you listen to that episode where I was talking about the agenda where some news outfit was talking to these conspiracy YouTubers and they're trying to say, oh, these conspiracy people are making six to seven to eight grand a month on YouTube videos because they, they want disgust. They want people to be upset by the conspiracy community and they want to shut us down. They want to remove the First Amendment rights of our kind of speech. They want to call it hate speech eventually. You'll see that'll happen. They're going to censor us. So they're they're trying to lay down the argument about, you know, they're going to say, oh, you know, Donald Trump, look how disgusting he is, and look at all the all the people that support him. It's these, these alt-right conspiracy folks. And if you're new to the show, that is not me. I'm not an alt-right guy by far. I don't like Donald Trump as a president. I think he's very entertaining, in fact, if he had a TV, I used to watch, uh, what's that show he was on? The Apprentice. I watched The Apprentice. I, th I think he's a funny dude. But, uh, and like I've talked about in the past, my dad actually hung out with Donald Trump once. 
Yeah, that's right. A tour to Trump in Atlantic City. AC, we call it back there. He uh, he he saw him out there, said hi to him, and then Donald Trump was hanging out with him. Invited him onto his little yacht or whatever. But um, anyways, I'm getting way off track here. Uh, the I was talking about the danger. Talking about the okay. Oh yeah, so the frequency of shows, right? So uh, this month, May, I might have like five. And again, this would be a rare occasion. But I'm just letting you know because I don't I don't know if you you know are curious about that element and you're expecting one a week or or so on. But like it really depends on a, a huge amount of factors. If I have a guest, I have to find the schedule that works for both of us. Uh, oftentimes, I have to take time off work, which I don't mind. Trust me. Any good excuse to get get away from work is uh is good enough for me. But anyways, um, and you've probably noticed, you probably had to listen to a uh, O'Reilly's car parts commercial or something at the beginning of the show if you're not a Patreon subscriber. And that is because I, I need to punish you. I need to punish you with commercials. And I apologize from the bottom of my heart, but this is what it's. It's the uh, it's the new model. It's the new business model. And like anybody in showbiz will tell you, it's more business than it is show. So, uh, yeah, I've got these commercials loaded. I'm sorry. I hate it. I hate it as much as you do. But you know what? It helps me pay these bills. It helps make things happen. If you don't like them, you can support me on the Patreon page. And if you can't afford the Patreon thing, hey, I get it, man. But you guys suffer through the commercials. I'm sorry. I'll try not to go overkill on it. And by the way, I'm not in control of necessarily what they play. So it is what it is. Because I signed up to a new network and they do the commercials and blah, 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 blah. Anyways. Okay. I'm at nine minutes. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, here we go. Let's see. I also posted an image on my Twitter feed about the... Uh, Last episode, or yeah, last podcast on the left. Have you heard of that show? It's a pretty good show. Talk a lot about horror movies. Henry Zabrowski was wearing a Baphomet shirt on one of his little videos he had for his uh, his Twitter feed. I was just kind of perusing through his stuff, and I noticed the Baphomet shirt. It's the same one that Little Peep wears. Little Peep is that rapper that mysteriously died at I don't know, I think he's twenty eight, just recently. I got a video on my YouTube feed about it. Anyways, he uh. I posted it, said he was in the Illuminati, and he liked it. Seems at least he's got a good sense of humor. So, uh, also, I know on my uh, I, I gave on my YouTube channel I gave a kind of like an eight minute preamble about Kanye West and all the statements he's been making lately. He was on TMZ and he had this sort of another rant. He had a rant like five six years ago or something like that. And I did an analysis back then saying, look, there's more to what he's saying than what the mainstream media is serving up. Because, you know, they're doing sound bites and, and headlines. And I gave a little preamble on my YouTube channel. And I I implied that that would be my next podcast out, but it's not. And the reason why is because there is a lot out there going on. I listened to his whole TMZ live feed. That was like 40 minutes. Then I listened to his whole Charlemagne interview. That was like another hour and a half. I listened to another hour and a half podcast from the guy who supposedly was uh, combative to Kanye at TMZ. Or I don't know if combative is the right word. He's the one that had a response for Kanye when Kanye was talking about how uh, slavery was a choice. I listened to his podcast, which is very suspect. This guy, uh, I can't find his name right now. But anyways, uh, the guy, the TMZ guy, we'll call him. He had a podcast that started in February 18. He had like seven episodes out. And the, you know, eighth episode or whatever released on April 30th. That's the one where he's talking about Kanye. But Kanye didn't go on TMZ till May 1st. Okay. Now, what very well could have happened is uh, TMZ guy was following Kanye's tweets, right? That's kind of how it sounds. He was just following Kanye. He was a fan, and he was kind of upset by what Kanye was saying and doing because Kanye was taking the pictures with the the MAGA hat, you know, pro-Donald Trump hat. Uh, so I'm thinking that that's all this is. But the coincidence is very, very suspect. Uh, May, so the next day, Kanye goes on TMZ, and 
just so happens that this is the same guy that gets in an argument with Kanye. I don't know, man. Something stinks about this, but maybe not. Maybe I'm, you know, that's my conspiracy mind turning too many gears. But I'm going to I'm going to go deeper in on this and give you guys some kind of project on this. I'm not sure how. But Kanye does talk about uh, celebrity worship and the problems with that. And that's what I've been saying for years. So, like, some of what Kanye says resonates with me. Some of it does not. He obviously doesn't know politics. I mean, that's clear from listening to all these interviews with him. He, he just knows controversy and showbiz. I mean, he's married to the freaking Kardashians, right? They're famous because of a chick was in a porn tape. Now... I think it's also, I, and I know what it's like to be on the on the other side of this because I've been arguing that people worship celebrities unjustifiably for years. I mean, go and say anything bad about Beyonce, Rihanna, uh, Mariah Carey, and then see how long it takes before someone attacks you. Like they think that <laughs> these are like their gods, their best friends. Even uh, the rap group Swollen Members. I know I'm getting like deep in the rap woods here, but like uh, that's a group of of uh, guys, and a lot of them have like lots of face tattoos. I mean, this was I don't know, this is like seven years ago when I first started my my website. I did an article, I did a little kind of like I don't know symbolism analysis in one of their videos because I saw a bunch of a bunch of symbols or whatever, and I made a comment about you know these guys are having face tattoos and how you know. They're influencing other people to get face tattoos. And this is back before uh, Little Pump and all these new SoundCloud rappers were coming out with all the face tattoos. They, you know, they were on the leading edge of this kind of stuff. Swollen members. I think they're white dudes even too. Not that that matters. But um, yeah, and I said something about like how that's bad. And look, I've got tattoos. I love tattoos. If I didn't have a job I had to go to, I'd probably have face tattoo myself. Like, I think they're cool. But, uh. Some people attacked me because they were a bunch of swollen member stands and they they were saying, oh, that's so bigoted of you to talk bad about face tattoos. But they didn't get the bigger picture. And that's why I'm, that's why I, I think I resonate with Kanye, because he's saying stuff and people want to pick the wrong argument out of what he's saying. And I'm not saying, oh, he's got a face tattoos. He's a bad. These are bad guys. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying if you want to be successful in this hamster wheel that we've created of reality, maybe be a little careful about that because, you know, I work in an office environment with lots of supposed professionals <laughs> and um, none of them have face tattoos, right? And, and in fact, I heard on the All Out show someone called Rude Jude once and talked about this and he basically was kind of he had some good advice he basically said you know uh you uh you need to look at what your bosses look like do they have face tattoos and i guess another question would be would you are you trying to eventually move up the ladder to be your boss someday and if you are then you need to look and fit the mold i don't think that's right I'm not saying we should all just conform by any means. I'm just saying we are not a progressive enough society that you can go get a face tattoo and someone is going to be able to look past that and not think you're a gang member or a drug dealer or something. I don't think it's right. I don't think that when I see people with that. I might think they're a tattoo artist or something. But, um, I'm just saying the point is... Not to belabor the point. The point is Kanye is saying a lot of truths in there. I don't agree with what he said about the slavery was a choice thing. But like his point was we need to be in control of what we want and not allow society to shape it. And I think that people like being told what to do. They like being told someone is in control. That's why... You know, the 9-11 thing happened with the planes and we supposedly, you know, begged for the TSA to pat our balls down every time we go to the airport. You know, it's all and all this crazy stuff. We gave up all of our privacy all in the name of, oh, my God, they're going to by God, they're going to stop the planes from doing that again. Are they, though? Hmm. 
they've been they've been reading every single person's email, tweet, and so on for you know 15, 16, 17 years now, and they still don't stop every terrorist attack. Anyways, that was a 17 minute intro. Oops, but you know that they're all they're all relevant pieces of housekeeping. Okay. All right. First topic: Janelle Monae. She released what she called her emotion picture for her album "Dirty Computer," and there was so much Illuminati symbolism. I had to go through and do an analysis and formal video on YouTube. Now, if you look at her work, which I wasn't real familiar with, she based her first couple albums on Metropolis. Okay, that was the 1927 film by Fritz Lang, which I did a full analysis on that because it's all about transhumanism. And it talks about the Tower of Babel, it is about an elite power structure, and they even have inverted pentagrams suggesting like a magical incarnation of this new entity. This new entity is called False Maria on the movie and has all these ideas of, you know, artificial intelligence and so on. And Janelle Monet on her first couple albums was emulating this and she was basing the the plot of this the album's lyrics upon this sort of idea. Now I found this very curious because there have been many female artists that have been emulating the Foss Maria archetype, this uh, you know, quite literally, they call her the Whore of Babylon in the movie. We've seen Lady Gaga dressed up like this, Beyonce and Whitney Houston. These are all the divas, the goddesses. Divas as in the Indian word for divayana, meaning the goddess, the goddess archetype. Again, this is going back to what I was talking about 10 minutes ago. We are supposed to be worshiping these celebrities because the Illuminati or whoever we want to call these people, they know that they can influence us through these these channels, these mediums, these puppets. Now, uh, Monet also had an interesting uh, inspiration for her albums, and it was a quote from Metropolis. It says, without the heart... There can be no understanding between the hand and the mind. And that was interesting because if you... Madonna also emulated the Metropolis films. And you can see this in her video, Express Yourself. And she actually has that quote that starts out the video. Now, if you look a little deeper into Monet's background, you find that uh, she was from Kansas City... And she was big into The Wizard of Oz, of course, and Metropolis. Now, I see Wizard of Oz, and automatically that, that triggers me because there are so many theories about the Illuminati and MK Ultra mind control and uh, traumatic sort of fracturing of the minds that happen with children, especially based upon The Wizard of Oz. Now... This is curious because there's an article written about Monet by the star and they call her a star child, which indicates that she is the occult Aleister Crowleyan magical offspring, which is something we'll revisit here. But now her most recent work, she's called it an homage to women and the spectrum of sexual identities. And another little piece of background you have to know is that she was working with Prince before he died. And her work sounds just like it. So it's actually like pretty good music. But, you know, Prince was big into this sort of like genderless sexual uh, merging of things. The jury's out in my mind as to whether Prince was, you know, knowledgeable about Illuminati or occult concepts or, or what. But his uh, his symbol that he replaced his name with was a a fusion of genders which was in his paisley park and if you saw my video that tmz had just released the video footage of his death scene he died in front of the elevator on top of the star of ishtar symbol it's pretty wild especially when you consider the elevator is what he called the devil la reed confirmed this he said when he talks about in his song the elevator uh you know bringing us down he's talking about the devil 
then M. Night um, Shalolamon's <laughs> movie The Devil is about uh, people stuck in an elevator. What is this? What's the deal with the elevator? I think I actually mispronounced the name. I think it's M. Night Shalamalama Ding Dong. Uh, yeah, so Monday's most recent work, it's um, an idea of exploring sexual identities. She plays this android uh, in a world where they get rid of all, all emotions, very 1984. And we, when we talk about the gender fusion, we're talking about reconciling the opposites. This is what we see with the Baphomet symbol on, on the Baphomet's arms. It says solve and coagula. It's talking about separating and joining. They, it's a magical concept, creating something out of nothing. So in the, in the, in the video, if you watch it to the astute viewer, you will see that Monet is dressed up and emulating and recreating a scene where she is the alchemist from the Holy Mountain. This is a film by Alejandro Hodorowski. If you've never seen it, wow, do you have to see this movie? It is so weird. It is, uh, it's so full of occult symbolism. And one of the symbols is this, it's this guy who's actually played by Hodorowski. Uh, he is the alchemist and he, he's kind of a guru that, you know, transforms a bunch of people through destruction of the ego and so on. But there is a sort of iconic scene from that that was also emulated by Marilyn Manson in a video called Born Villain that was directed by Shia LaBeouf. Now, in Dirty Computer, we also see Monet dressed in black and white and dressed up as a man at the same time. Again, the black and white is the duality concept. <clears throat> now, there seems to be a, a, an interest in the Illuminati world of this new type of entity. It's a genderless, sexless entity. I don't think that they are necessarily concerned with the rights of the gay community as much as they are about bringing in this new entity in the star child, which is what she was called in that article previously. And then she even identified herself as a pansexual in Rolling Stone. And that is basically the idea that you're attracted to just people in general, no matter what their sexual or gender identity is, which, you know, it sounds nice, right? I'm not opposed to love. I'm just saying that they are promoting this lack of diversity is what they're promoting. I mean, it's in it's in a good name. It's in the name of inclusion. But you also have to wonder if, where it ends. Like, you know, we used to celebrate diversity. Like, I enjoy going to new cultures. But, like, if everybody's the same, like, that's going to be a pretty boring world. They're going to sell it as it's a safe world, just like the uh, 9-11 idea theory. They, they sell us this idea of uh, safety in exchange for our privacy. Now, Deadpool, he's also another character that's s supposed pansexual. Not, lots of uh, people aren't aware of that, and I think in the Deadpool 2 movie, they're going to go further into that. Um, you know, Monet in her video, she is wearing black and white half the time. So it means obvious this is important concept. This idea of birthing the star child. Uh, she also does a bit of the, you know, the peace sign. She does a lot, actually. It's this idea where she's calling upon this beast from the abyss called Nodens or Typhon. Again, we see this in Metropolis. You'll have to see my analysis for more on that. And then she goes through the archetype of the mother goddess she opens up her womb and uh, someone new comes out of this womb and there's even this site this uh one of the dancers is wearing uh, some panties to say the great cosmic mother again they're calling upon the archetype of the mother goddess samiramis or ishtar whatever you want to call it and to be more on the nose with it she's got a tattoo it's actually a henna tattoo on her arm of what appears to be Christ on the cross, but upon closer examination, is a female with breasts on the cross with a television cube on her head. Now, what what does that mean with the cube on her head? Well, it could be a symbol for Saturn, of course. 
Even the cross, some claim, is a symbol for Saturn. It's an unfolded cube. Now, the television, it could be a commentary about entertainment. Obviously, I don't know. Now, a very curious image she shows up with is she's wearing a black uh, robe with a black triangle hat, akin to Aleister Crowley's triangle hat you see him wearing. And then she's got a white circle around it. This is the symbol for magic with the triangle and the circle. We also see the dove flying across the screen. This is, again, the symbol of Columbia, Colombe, the dove, the female goddess. And just to reiterate the point on the credits, you'll see that that scene in particular was called the Black Girl Magic Dance. Uh, and they have the dancers on the credits. Uh, you know, finally, to wrap it up, Monet, she is the new Jesus Christ because we see her in the Last Supper scene at the at the position of the table at the center. Uh, again, we have the tattoo. Um, there's a lot of artists that are trying to emulate themselves as gods. And also the actress Tessa Thompson is in here. She was in Westworld. Um, again, Westworld is a whole nother beast. That's a, you know, I, I've got a whole article and video on that. But like, it's a whole theme of Gnosticism and Luciferian awakening. And to reiterate the point, in the, on the Monet video, you see apples and a fly crawling across them. Again, these are all symbolic themes of, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden, the serpent temptation, Lucifer opening up the eyes, making them become like gods. Now, at the end of the video, we find out that these people that are, uh, let me back up because you haven't seen it. There's, they're trying to kind of wipe the memories of people because they want them to become, you know, more neutral or whatever. And the people that are doing the work are called torches. They're helping people acclimate to their new environment. Again, the torch is the symbol for Lucifer or the Illuminati or, you know, the Statue of Liberty, the goddess. She's the goddess of the new Atlantis in America. And the last track on Dirty Computer is a song called Americans. And they're talking about fallen angels in the song. Or she is, you know. Uh, and at the video, you see the torches carrying the man out into the light. From the darkness to the light. That's actually the verbiage they use in the video. Now, one more quick thing that you see is that Monet talks about the other the antinomian concepts she says that the android represents the other and uh i'll go into that with kanye on the next you know when i do my kanye analysis but like there's this idea of embracing the the adversary the adversary is set or the other and that comes from a whole whole variety of ideas like set was the uh the king of you know, the outer regions of Egypt and, you know, he was the king of the desert and the other, but I'm going to go further into that. And then at the, at the end, you'll see she is also in a bathtub inside of an all seeing eye, which is very alarming when we consider the sacrifices of the goddess, such as, you know, Whitney Houston passing away in the bathtub and her daughter, of course, Bobby, Christ Bobby, Christina, uh, so there's a lot to be alarmed with her video because it shows us a pretty uh, pretty severe trend uh, progression. And it's not much different than Rihanna's anti-videos, which I've, again, you got to check out that analysis and videos because it's it's pretty, pretty intense. And same with Monet. There's more that I didn't talk about, but time is limited. Did you see the Saturday Night Live featuring Cardi B? It was interesting because not so much that Cardi B was performing. I mean, she was wearing the black and white stuff. And she's fine, whatever. <laughs> but on the, you know, they do the news skit where they kind of make fun of the news. And they talked about how they, they make a joke about how about a plane going down with one engine about how they're still going to make go to Hawaii on it. It doesn't really matter about the joke, but the point is that happened. And then about a week later, the exact thing happened in reality where the plane had to make an emergency landing in Hawaii. I'm going to actually try to work something up about that, like a video on YouTube so you can see what I'm talking about. Cause I'm sure this is translating super awesome. But the, the idea is that we saw a little bit of predictive programming on SNL. Okay. 
And predictive programming is very important in the overall scheme of things because that is supporting the idea that there is an agenda, there is a uh, timeline that they want us to go down. Gigi Hadid, she is a famous model. She was interviewed by Elle magazine. They gave her a very mainstream question. And then they uh, promptly diverted her onto another mainstream question. And what they said, what they asked her, they said, what period in history would you want to go back in time and visit? And she said, I mean, there are so many things I would have loved to experience, including the building of the pyramids. I would love to go back and know if it was aliens or what happened there. So I could like tell everyone I love conspiracy theory. And then L and the journal journalists that they have there decided to to pivot on that question. And they were, are you a five minutes early or five minutes late kind of person? <laughs> you know, these journalists, I love it. I love that they are scared to ask questions. I mean, here she was talking about what could have been the most interesting, you know, conversation that she'd ever had in her life with a, an interview. And they just shut it down immediately. Again, supporting the idea that there will be a, a suspension of First Amendment rights for conspiracy theorists in due time. Now, I think this is also very curious because it, cause if you think about the Pizzagate stuff, and I don't want to talk about Pizzagate too loud because, like, I there's there's just too many questions about it. Like, I'm not a wholehearted like believer in it, but based upon a lot of ideas of what goes on behind the scenes and the disturbing ideas of ritual and sacrifice of energy. I got to say it's got some traction in my mind, but then when I read these weird emails about bringing 30,000 hot dogs to Hawaii and, you know, putting things in the hot tub or whatever the, the weird stuff that, uh, Podesta and them were emailing to each other. Why aren't the journalists asking those questions? I mean, the Pizzagate thing was pretty big in the news, even. They were trying to shut that whole thing down. They were just saying, oh, it's some wacky conspiracy. Okay, well, then explain what they're talking about. Ask, Just ask the question. Just ask them, why 30,000 hot dogs? What does that mean? But they won't. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, man. Anyways, uh, Paul O'Grady? Are you familiar with who this celebrity is? He's apparently big in the UK, does a bunch of stuff, comedy, acting, so on. He believes they're being watched by aliens. So there's, you know, another celebrity talking about the aliens, they're trying to implant this idea of belief in aliens. Everybody's doing it. Celebs are just like us. They believe in aliens. Kim Wilde, I talked about her on a recent podcast. She was that 80s singer for Kids in America. She's back in the back in action talking about aliens. She talked about, she said, maybe they even are using me to put out a pop record with them on it. Because she did, in fact, release a record talking about aliens. Now she believes she's the channel for aliens. I'm going to revisit this alien topic here real soon, so I don't want to go do too deep into it. I watched the film Mother, or maybe I should say, Mother! It's got an exclamation point at the end. It's a Darren Aronofsky film. If you've never seen Aronofsky's work, uh, it's always like a real, real mind screw. Okay. And if you haven't seen this one, I'm going to try it. Let me, let me look through my notes here and make sure I'm not going to give anything away. Yeah. So I'll try to, I'll try to, I'll try not to spoil the plot much. Um, I guess if you're a big fan, you would have seen it by now. So, anyways, you'll notice that Jennifer Lawrence's character, she says, I love the work. And when she's talking about the work, she's talking about the great work of Freemasonry. And there's more to support this. I'm going to actually put something more polished together on this subject because it's a very weird movie of course because Aronofsky's got lots of weird movies like The Fountain uh, Pie which is actually should be pronounced P not to be a uber geek about it but um, then he did uh, Requiem for a Dream uh, Black Swan 
lots of lots of trippy stuff. So, and then um, she Jennifer Lawrence also they talk about say why not build a new house? And in alchemy, it is that is partially the great work is rebuilding oneself. And you hear language about how she's creating something new when she's talking about like children making children. And then she says she has to start working on the apocalypse. And, oh, I knew I said I wasn't going to do any plot spoilers. Uh, skip ahead about 30 seconds. But she, towards the end, you'll see that there's like a Rosemary's Baby theme going on. And a bunch of weirdos come over. And then uh, she gets pregnant way too quickly. And, again, it's it's the star child idea. And I'll go I'll go deeper into it. Sorry, that was more of a tease than it was anything. I wanted to give you more substance there, but I'm going to write something formal up on that, so stay tuned. Or hit me up on the email newsletter at IlluminatiWatcher.com. You can go to the Start Here tab. There's a newsletter there where I I uh, keep you updated on all my latest efforts. My, my homie was reading Harry Potter, and he found there is a character on there named Cassandra Vablatsky. I mean, come on. That's Helena Blavatsky, for sure. Because she, like Helena, is also an occult author. And to transpose the letters V and B, I mean, come on. Vablatsky and Blavatsky couldn't be any more obvious. And in the past, I've talked about how the author, J.K. Rowling, is that her name? Let me look that up. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. She... She talked about how the symbol of the Deathly Hollows, the circle with the triangle and the uh, the wand up the center there, that is based upon the Freemason compass and square. Now, I don't like to put myself in league with all the sort of ate up right wing, you know, Bible thumpers that say, you know, this is occult trash. But it kind of is, right? <laughs> I mean, she is quite obviously promoting magic and magic in the real sense of it. And when you find out that her inspirations are all of the occult nature, eh, maybe, maybe this is trying to get kids to march down that path. And usually I'm the first one to sort of like shout down those ideas, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're right on this one. I don't, I've never read the books. I've never seen the movies. I don't really know. Like I said, I don't read kids books. <laughs> no, I have a hard time with fiction though. Honestly, it's uh it's harder for me to read fiction than it used to be. I don't know what's up with that, but uh, Rosemary's baby. You've seen the still shots of Mia Farrow's character and the princess Kate Middleton because Kate Middleton recently gave birth to a child and I don't know the Royal family bullshit, whatever, but it's very interesting because the dress is identical as the one worn by Mia Farrow in Rosemary's baby, which is about this baby born as the son of the devil. Very curious, very curious. They would have that same symbolism and then extra curious that people actually caught that. Good job, people. Uh, Nexium, that is something, again, I'm going to work on a more polished study of this. Uh, that's going to be in an upcoming episode. But it's this this weird sort of sex cult where there was human trafficking going on. And an actress from Smallville was allegedly funneling other female actresses into this sort of guru guy that would, you know, sexually mess with their heads and stuff. Uh now, what's curious to me, what actually stoked my interest in this the most was that he would brand or someone would brand his victims with his initials, but he said that it was supposed to be a magic symbol. So, what was that magic symbol? Well, I'm trying to find out. I'm actually, I was trying to secure a guest who knows a lot about this Nexium group. Uh, so I'm going to give this person another week or two, and then I'm going to just go into it myself. But there's uh, 1,500 migrant children missing, as per the New York Times. And even in the article on New York Times, they allude to the idea of human trafficking. 
uh, and that's where these kids went, supposedly. Now, could this be connected? I don't think so, but uh, this will make more sense here in a bit. I still got a couple more things I want to go through. Because because um, in the Nexium group, they were learning neuro uh, language programming. It's this idea of like talking to people with certain symbols and moving their hands a certain way or whatever. Uh, as a way of sort of hypnotism or mind control. And speaking of NLP, Samsung has this thing called Unspoil Me, where they think they can hypnotize you to forget scenes from movies that you liked and so on. And it's this whole thing where they this master hypnosis guy who suppose you know supposedly helped them build this program where you watch it for 23 minutes and it it wipes your memory of just the just the episode. Like, no worries, nothing what could possibly happen here. But I also found it curious that it's 23 minutes long. 23 is the the number of discordianism. The 2 plus 3 is the law of fives. Everything happens in fives. And that goes into, that goes into a whole host of territories. You know, Jim Carrey, he did that film, the number 23. And he wanted $23 million to do that. And he was aware of the symbolism and the and the the sort of importance of that number in terms of the occult. And uh, Diego had reached out to me. He wants to see a, uh, an analysis on Jim Carrey. I'm going to work that up a little bit because Jim Carrey's been acting kind of nutty lately, right? Uh, okay, a couple more things I want to get through. James Cameron. He is doing the story of science fiction on the AMC. I watched the first episode. It was okay. It, there's a bunch of, uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting, but it's okay in terms of like what information did I glean out of that that is relevant to the conversation we're having right now. It's basically a show with a bunch of bunch of stars and actors and actresses and, and directors and so on. Uh, you know, Will Smith, Steven Spielberg, James Cameron, Sh- even uh, Sean Lennon is on there. Uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, even even Robert Patrick from Terminator Two. He was the metal Terminator guy who I actually saw in Las Vegas once, not to brag, but I saw him playing at a card table. I didn't stop him or nothing. I just left him be. <clears throat> but uh, and it was actually the same day I saw the rapper Tyga. If you know who that is, I don't know. That's Again, I'm probably going too deep down the rap rabbit hole. He's the uh, uh, Rack City guy. You probably heard that song. But anyways, I walked past him. And he was kind of a short dude. And uh, the only reason I thought twice was like, he it was this dude with a backpack on and he had like tattoos, you know. So I automatically thought he was a drug dealer, you know. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I know I just talked about that. But I, I saw him, but he was with this chick that was like a, looked pretty good, you know. And, and so I thought, who's this guy? And then this is, because this is back, this is like, this is 10 years ago or something. This is before he made that album with, um, Nicki Minaj and Drake the, had the Bedrock song on it. Uh, I knew who he was, but it was just because I was really into like mixtapes back then. And uh, so I, I seen the girl, and then I gave a second look to him, and I was like, "Oh, that's uh, that's the rapper Tyga." Now I wish I would have stopped him. I didn't know he was gonna get so famous. But uh, unless you don't know who I'm talking about, then he's not that famous, right? Anyway, so story science fiction on AMC. Uh, they they go into some interesting talk because Carl Sagan, he apparently was the inspiration that, for the film Contact. I saw that when it came out back in the '90s or whatever, and I, I didn't think it was that good. But maybe I should revisit it. But it's this idea of how would the communication work with the aliens, and lots of people were very interested in this because we don't know how that would work, right? We saw this with the film Arrival. And then they ask the questions of like, you know, does language shape our reality? They ask. And they kind of leave it there. But in my mind, when they talk about this, they could have went way further with it. Um, <clears throat> there's something to this idea that our thoughts do shape reality. In, in terms of the cultism, uh, there's this esoteric doctrine and, you know, creating reality from the mind, which is, which is what magic is all about. That's what Harry Potter is going to do someday. In terms of uh, the Kabbalah, they believe that the Tree of Life represents 
God's emanations of the mind, through what they call Sephiroth, and it created reality. And even in a non-occult pattern, if you look at the Bible, it says that he spoke the word and the world came into existence. He meaning God. So there is something to this idea of language shaping reality. So there they kind of hinted around to it, but they didn't break it down real far. Uh, now, then they go into depictions of aliens, which I found very interesting. Because uh, they brought up H.R. Giger, who again, I've got a whole analysis and video about him. Uh, he was in touch with the dark side, uh, his own you know, sort of admission. But they brought up the idea of the psychosexual imagery of the alien xenomorph that he created for the you know popular alien films. It's this sort of phallic head, and there's all these sexual undertones. There's these ideas of rape when they, the face hugger sort of like forces itself into the mouth. Uh, and we, and they, uh, what's, the, what's the actress's name from Alien? Sigourney Weaver. She's on there and she talks about how humanity, like we, we think of humanity through genders. And the xenomorphs are a blend of both genders and thus unidentifiable. And we talked about this with Janelle Monet with the pansexual thing and the, the, the genderless android. Uh, and this will come up again because I've got a grand finale of a very intriguing theory or, you know, self-proclaimed intriguing theory. I haven't, I haven't heard anyone else talking about this theory that I've got. It might exist out there already. I haven't even Googled it. I, I literally just kind of jotted it down for this show. Teaser, teaser, teaser. It's coming up at the end. Uh, then Will Smith is on this show. I think he's a stooge. I just don't trust this guy. He talks about alien entertainment is meant for people to get together and evolve. Those are the words he uses. He says to evolve us. And when they do that, that's when they know they've done their job. And then the example they give is District 9. And this is this film about a dude who become, starts becoming an alien. And then he becomes alienated and has to live in these sort of alien-controlled villages and they're, they're basically saying that everything is analogous for, you know, what we do to the aliens is what we do to one another. I don't disagree with that entirely, but anyways, that was the sum up of the first episode. If there's more interesting concepts to pull out from the future episodes, I'll let you know. But that was the one about aliens, which I had particular interest in. Now, oh, I forgot to give you another little brief update. There's a There was a show about Jack Parsons that Ridley Scott was working on about a year or two ago. And then it seemed like it kind of fell through. It was based upon the book, strange angel, which is all about Jack Parsons and his life as an occultist and his work for NASA. But apparently it went through and it's going to come out here soon. It is set to premiere on June 14th, 2018 on CBS All Access. I don't know if that means it's just going to be online. You know, at the moment, there's not a lot about it. They imply that it was going to be on TV. Perhaps not. But it's, you know, very specifically about how he was a disciple of Aleister Crowley. And he used Crowley's teachings of self-actualization to support his endeavor to the stars. Which, again, was, you know, that was the conclusion I came up with for my book, The Dark Path. You know, previous to writing The Dark Path, I actually sent a survey out to my email newsletter list that said, hey, what topics would you want me to cover in the next book? And it was kind of a split down the middle of break down the whole overall agenda and entertainment, as well as break down the alien agenda. So I did kind of both. And in it, I found so much stuff supporting this idea that the occultists are tied in with the, the NASA program, you know, Werner Von Braun. Jack Parsons, they all have occult histories and they all were pursuing this uh, desire of Konstantin Soykovsky. He was like the original ancient alien theorist guy. They believed in panspermia and aliens creating our world and evolving us and all this wacky stuff. So, you know, the, the modern day NASA folks and scientists, I don't know if they understand their connection to the occult, but science is very directly related to it. Which brings us up to my last topic. Ancient Aliens. Season 13, Episode 1 aired. And on it, there was a lot to talk about. Uh, John Podesta was on there. Mr. Pizzagate himself. 
Don't know who that is. Get a pizza map and I'll show you. Uh, another guy named Elizondo who was supposedly... So, okay, so it's about this this New York Times article revealing this black budget program that the Pentagon was supposedly doing. It was called the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. A tip. A tip indeed, right? Just a tip, just to see if it fits. See if it fits into the public's consciousness, we'll say. <laughs> but um, it's a, it was a secret program, supposed to investigate all this aerial phenomenon, blah, blah, blah. And they called a tip. Okay, now John Podesta. Why is he involved on this? Why is he on Ancient Aliens? If you don't know who he is, there's all this Pizzagate stuff. You can go down that rabbit hole somewhere else. Basically, he was part of this email chain talking about thirty thousand hot dogs in a hot tub or whatever. Now he claimed, and I wrote about this before the election, he was claiming that Hillary Clinton was going to expose the truth about UFO uh, UFOs through a big disclosure effort. Okay, that was part of the big push Clinton was claiming when she was running. Podesta was also, according to the WikiLeaks emails, alleged to be talking to Edgar Mitchell. He was an astronaut who's also actually featured on this episode of Ancient Aliens. Uh, the, you know, they post-dated it. It was like from an interview six years ago or something. But Edgar Mitchell, he was a, another covert New Ager. He actually started this Institute of Noetic Sciences. And he was a big subscriber of this global consciousness idea. Again, take us back to Konstantin Soykovsky. And he believed the aliens wanted us to be involved with this progression and evolution evolving mankind into this global consciousness one being again lack of diversity kind of ideas maybe and that, that could be an argument for why they're stripping away genders and sexual identities and diversity and all that maybe they want us to homogenize and be i don't know shoved into this <laughs> this one consciousness nonsense but he admits, Edgar Mitchell actually admits that he's never seen the aliens, but he sure was obsessed with them. I think he said he was like influenced by it when he was out there, like he had a emotional experience or whatever, which I'm sure that happened, whatever. Now, um, going to revisit that idea of breaking down the diversity and homogenizing us, uh, that is the ideas that have been presented by occultists in the past. Helena Blavatsky, a.k.a. Cassandra Vablatsky. Just kidding. See my Harry Potter reference half hour ago. She said, and I quote, in the book Problems of Humanity, she wrote, When all religions will be regarded as emanating from one great spiritual source, we will all, sorry, all will be seen as unitedly providing the one root out of which the universal world religion will inevitably emerge. Again, like this is all planned out. This is what they want. I mean, she said that freaking 120 years ago or something like that. All right, that was the free content. Again, if you want the bonus content, Tom DeLong, Disinformation Project, Information, uh, Operation Mockingbird, Bigelow, that great David Childress impression that I do. A little bit on Project Signs, Clinton and the Rockefeller family's initiative to push UFO disclosure and how Hillary Clinton was actually supposed to be revealing the truth to the masses if she would have got voted in, apparently. Talk a little bit about that. And also, my most controversial hypotheses that I've ever floated. I'll give you a hint. It's related to aliens and sex magical energy. Yes, very controversial indeed. You can get that on patreon.com backslash Illuminati Watcher. Subscribe at the IW supporter level or above. You'll also get a free copy of my book, The Dark Path, my latest book. If you've already got a copy of that, thanks for the reviews. If you haven't dropped a review on Amazon yet, what are you waiting for? Let's do this. Thanks for the review on iTunes. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, drop one. Also, thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.